Good Tuesday morning and welcome to the Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Jeff Parrott. Since her election in 1990, Salt Lake County Clerk Sherry Switzen has championed voting rights, worked to make voter registration easier, and promoted more convenient ways to cast ballots in Utah's most populated county. And now, after more than 30 years of public service, Swinson is planning to retire. She'll leave office next January after a new county clerk is elected later this year. Swinson told the Tribune's Blake Apgar, and I quote, I've always made sure every voter and every candidate was treated equally and with no deference to party affiliation. And I think that's the most important thing. Next on the Daily Buzz, we're gonna spend a little time talking about water today. The Colorado River Compact, an agreement which allocates water for seven states and nearly 40 million people in the West, turns 100 this year. Tribune reporter Zach Podmore recently talked with Brad Udall, a water scientist at Colorado State University at a symposium on water at University of Utah. Zach caught Udall between presentations, so there's a little background noise. This is Zach Podmore. I'm here today with Brad Udall, senior climate scientist at Colorado State University. We're at the University of Utah today at a conference that's looking at the 100th anniversary of the Colorado River Compact of 1922 and the future of the Colorado River. Brad, thanks for joining me today. Pleasure to be here, Zach. It's becoming less common, but I think there's still a temptation to talk about climate change in the future, future tense as something that uh, could or will happen. But you've said that looking at the Colorado River Basin over the last 20 years shows climate impacts in, in real time in a very um, you know, obvious way. Um, what does the historic low levels at, at Lake Powell today and our current climate situation on the Colorado River tell us about our climate present and what we can expect in the, in the near future? So there have been a number of peer-reviewed studies on how climate change is impacting the Colorado River since the year roughly 2003 and a bunch since 2016. It's interesting how all of these studies indicate that up to half of the fairly large flow decline, the 20% flow decline we've experienced since the year 2000 in the Colorado River, up to half of that's due to human anthropogenic greenhouse gases and the overall warming of the planet. It's, it's somewhat remarkable actually how all these different studies dovetail together using different methods to pinpoint that yes, we humans are responsible for this and Increasingly, there are a number of studies that have projected what might happen in the future as the planet continues to warm, and those studies uniformly are pretty darn depressing. I authored a study in 2017 that suggested by 2050, we could see roughly 30% declines in flow and an additional 10%, and there are other studies out there that support that number as well. So it's important to acknowledge that this warming um, is causing these flow reductions uh, in two ways. One, we've seen reductions in precipitation, and it's a little less certain that those are actually human caused, but what is quite certain is that uh, warming causes more evaporation. It's warmer on any given day. It, we have a longer period of warming during the year. The Earth's atmosphere wants to hold more moisture. All of these causes conspire to reduce the flow of the Colorado River. Um, you just gave a presentation at the conference earlier today for, for people who need a little context. You, you said at, at, during your presentation that you know the system could crash, and it may be easier to let the system crash than to deal with the, pro the problem of these dramatically decreased river flows. 
Um, what do you mean by uh, a system crash? What would that look like? And what should water managers and water users in Utah uh, know about this, this current situation we're facing? So in my terms, a system crash is letting the two largest reservoirs in the United States, Lake Powell and Lake Mead, separated by Grand Canyon, empty because of our inability to deal with these declining flows. And we have lost 32 million acre feet of water in the last 22 years in those reservoirs. They were 95% full in the year 2000. They're now below 30%, and this year's runoff is looking bad yet again. And my worry is that the politics around solutions are so difficult that we don't have the will to implement the solutions that are needed to stop these flow, the, the reservoir declines. That's my real worry. Now, on the other hand, you know, I did offer some optimism about basin water managers and their ability to work together and the past successes we've seen since the year 2000. The problem is, in my mind, the successes since 2000 have really been incremental. And I view the nature of these problems requiring more than incremental solutions. And, and they're going to be a lot tougher to solve because there are a lot of entitlements and rights and expectations that we need to now challenge and effectively change. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. My pleasure. A study of Lake Powell has shown there is less water in the reservoir than previously thought. The Tribune's Brian Maffley has that story. Today, the U.S. Geological Survey released a long-anticipated report on the rate of sedimentation in Lake Powell, Utah's largest reservoir. It might seem like a dry subject, but it's really important. That lake, as many others in southern Utah, are you know, filling up with river sediments. And over time, these sediments will get so deep that these reservoirs might not be functioning anymore. Of course, Lake Powell is a pretty important piece of Colorado River water system. And on Monday, USGS put out this study indicating that the reservoirs lost 7% of its storage capacity in the 60 years, give or take, since the Glen Canyon Dam started holding back the Colorado River to form the reservoir. Since 1986, the last time they did one of these studies, it's lost over a million acre feet or 4% of its capacity. This is a big deal. And this study's findings don't come as a surprise to anybody, but they are concerning as an example of how quickly reservoirs in this Colorado Plateau environment fill up with sediment. Utah Democrats will host their caucus today, and politics reporter Brian Schott is covering the election of the party's convention delegates. Look for that story tomorrow morning at sltrib.com to see what we can learn about the state of democratic politics in Utah. That's it for today on The Daily Buzz. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and let your friends and family know about us. And if you haven't already, check out the new podcast, Sent Away. It's a collaboration between the Tribune, KUER, and APM Reports that investigates Utah's failure to keep kids safe when they're sent to teen treatment centers for help. Episode four drops today. Thanks for the Tribune Sage Miller for editing the Daily Buzz today and a huge shout out to the Salt Lake City Band, the Pelicans for our music. Thanks for listening and we'll be back tomorrow.